It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 16th, 2020. My name is Philip Austin Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to reflect on what would have been the final day of the regular season where the Magic were, where the Magic could have been, and what lies ahead coming up on today's episode. We'll also preview the final matchup of Magic Madness, the uh, Twitter poll that I've been running over the last few weeks. Uh, we're down to the final two. We'll have a two-day final beginning on Wednesday, uh, on Thursday morning, so definitely check out uh, at Daily on Twitter to vote in that. And of course, I want to hear your reasons and what you think about uh, about our matchup, a Hall of Fame matchup at that. Should be a fun discussion of some of the greats in Magic history. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you of a few things. First, if you haven't done so already, go back into the archives and listen to the last two episodes of Locked on Magic. Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports and NBC Sports joined the podcast to discuss the 2010 Orlando Magic and then where the Orlando Magic currently are and what uh, and where they stand as they look ahead to uh, the rest of the to the off season ahead, as well as whatever reigns of the rest of the regular season. But secondly, also be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like this podcast here, covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. There's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. The Magic were supposed to play the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday. You could go check out Locked On Raptors to see what's up with them. You could go check out Locked On Celtics or. I guess you could check out Locked On Lakers since the ESPN decided it was a good idea to re-air Game 5 of the 2009 NBA Finals. I don't think it's a good idea to ever do that. That game was not very fun to watch at all. Um, you could check check them out or check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network wherever you download podcasts, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, College, or MLB2. There's a Locked On Podcast for you. Again, download them wherever you download podcasts today. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every as I'm sitting here recording this on a Wednesday night, I have on my TV the Orlando Magic's last game of the season so far against the Memphis Grizzlies. As I'm sitting here watching this, it's halftime, the Magic are down 13, and it would sure be a shame if Memphis were to lose that lead. I remember watching that game, um, I forget where I was, I think I was at work, but I was, I was watching that game. And I remember leaving, and 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 my first thought, because usually I write my grades post first. I get the game, re- I get home from work, I write the game recap, uh, and I kind of just go through like the nuts and bolts of the game before I really try to hone down on on the big takeaway, the kind of larger picture issue of the game. But you know, it's looking back because I've been trying to repost uh, some of my some of my articles or reshare some of my articles from these games that Fox Sports Florida is replaying, and, and I noticed that. 
I, I put my sidebar up. I put my opinion column up first. And, you know, it's pretty, you know, usually I only do that when it's rare, when the story is just abundantly clear. Uh, and, and what happened in the game wasn't necessarily as important as the big takeaway from it. And, and my big takeaway from that game was the Magic had returned home from this road trip 3-1. and one. They lost to Miami, they beat Minnesota, they beat Houston, they beat Memphis. They are getting ready to face one of, at least on paper, the easiest parts of their schedule, a home-heavy part of the schedule. The part of the schedule that, frankly, from the moment the schedule came out in August, was the part of the schedule we were looking forward to most. I think I could say with with some some certainty that this was exactly the moment the Magic were looking forward to. When they believed they could make their playoff push. And with just a half game separating the Orlando Magic from the Brooklyn Nets for seventh, and the Nets on the West Coast, yes, they had just beaten the Los Angeles Lakers, but on the West Coast and with some difficult teams ahead of them, including uh, two games against the Clippers, if I'm not mistaken, it really felt like the Magic had turned their corner. That the Magic had returned home after another game win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Another comeback win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Just like they did last year at, this, at about this point in the season. Maybe a little bit earlier. The Magic had come home with that familiar playoff feeling. That's how I described it. The team was focused. They trailed by, I think, 16 in the second quarter of that game. And they came all the way back. They executed down the stretch. They had that feeling that they could and would beat anybody, that no nothing could stand in their way, that they were really coming together. And that whole road trip felt that way. Even the loss of the Miami Heat. Orlando fought to the very end. They had a three-pointer to, to tie that game and send it to overtime. And they had to scramble back. And all of a sudden, it felt like the Magic were really beginning to pick up momentum. And they were coming home looking forward to a game against the Chicago Bulls, a tough opponent, but very winnable. Game against the Charlotte Hornets at Detroit. And then games at home for pretty much the rest of the month. It felt like the Magic were getting ready to make their push, that everyone was clicking and coming together. Markel Fultz had been playing with a lot of confidence. Aaron Gordon had been averaging a near triple-double since the, in the 10 games since the All-Star break. Nikola Vucevic was really starting to round back into All-Star form. And yes, Evan Fournier was out, and some people might say that, that the Magic were better because he was out, but with the promise of his return, probably by the time the Magic got back from that, that game in Detroit, with the promise of that return... It definitely felt like the Magic were really getting ready to make that playoff push. Of course, that was all put on hold. The whole NBA put a pause, put hit the pause button the day after Orlando returned home from Memphis. We were preparing to see the Magic play the Chicago Bulls on Thursday without a crowd, but with Rudy Gobert's positive test for COVID-19, the rest of the league shut down. Rightfully so. And of course, as the nation and the world has tried to do its best to handle and corral this virus. Everyone else waits. And, we all wait, and we're all waiting for the go-ahead to kind of resume normal life. And while there is certainly good news here in Orange County, in Central Florida, 
health officials do believe that the curve is beginning to flatten. And that's a positive sign. Not a sign to let your guard down. Not a time to let your guard down. But a positive sign nonetheless. A sign that it will soon be okay to return to a normal life. And that normal life will, of course, include sports. Certainly here in Florida, that it's been in the news of late, but it does seem like they're setting the stage to return to sports sooner rather than later. And you know, and 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 whether that's the right decision or not is certainly a debate to be had. I I kind of think that it is a little crazy, especially with some of the news that came out uh, on on Wednesday. But that's that's not the point of this podcast and the point of this discussion. We will be getting back to sports soon. And, and like I said, I, I do think optimistically Memorial Day or early June will probably be the earliest that we can see basketball being played. Um, the Florida Stay Home Order will be will is set to expire on May 1st, so we still got a little bit of time before then. So there's still work to do to get to that point. And obviously, there'll be a lot of, lot of things developing uh, over the course of the next few weeks. But today, our April 15th, Wednesday, was supposed to be the final day of the regular season. It was supposed to be the culmination of all that work of the last month of the season. Of seeing whether this newfound confidence that the Magic had, this newfound intensity, this playoff feeling, would last and carry them into April, into late April. The time of the season that really matters whether it would be enough for the Magic to climb out of 8th and get to 7th, and what it would mean for the team if they did face whoever they would face in the playoffs, the Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks. There is, I found very quickly as I tried to fill my time and make predictions and try to understand what the rest of the season might have looked like that there are just so many moving pieces. It was getting nearly impossible to predict what the Brooklyn Nets would do, especially after they'd just beaten the Lakers. It was getting nearly impossible to predict what the rest of the league would do. So many different variables going on at, at all times, and I am no statistician. I like numbers. I like statistics. I, I like understanding them. I have no clue how to create them. I have no clue how to create regression models. If, if, if I'm inventing a statistic, it is the most rudimentary understanding of statistics there is. Even the NBA 2K uh, simulations that were sent out to the regional sports networks and, and was sent, including sent out to the Orlando Magic and aired on Fox Sports Florida over the last week or so, painted a very, I would say, interesting picture It's still just, there's just so many moving pieces. And, 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 and the reason why I abandoned my NBA 2K sim was simply because I could not account for all the moving pieces. For all the different elements that were involved. I simply could not account for all of them. Because by the second game of... of by the second game of the uh, of the of the of the kind of dead season, I was already out, or the the lead, that the team had already shifted to get rid of injuries. 
So Jonathan Isaac was back in the lineup, and indeed, Isaac was playing in the 2K sim that was sent out to all the leagues, and that, you know, frankly, muddies the water a little too much. For the record, the NBA 2K sim that was sent out to all the teams, or at least sent out to the Magic, had Orlando at, I believe, 40 wins after losing to the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday. So 40 and 42, two games off of last year's pace. And winning seventh by like five games. You could see why maybe I'm a little bit skeptical of, of what was displayed and what was shown on that in that simulation. But it's a fun distraction nonetheless. It's a fun distraction nonetheless. And I enjoyed it for what it was. But it's obviously not the whole picture. It's obviously not exactly what it would happen in real life. Hot streaks go cold, injuries accrue, and so on and so forth. You catch a team at the wrong time while they're hot. It doesn't really matter. The bottom line is, if this were a normal world, we'd be sitting here today celebrating the end of the season. Maybe not the season we all all imagined, but a successful season nonetheless. A season that would see the Magic going to the playoffs for the second straight year. A season that would have seen Markel Fultz play his first full year after his devastating injury, or his his chronic injury. A season that would have seen the Magic keep their place in line, so to speak, finishing in seventh for the second straight year, and maybe that's not the progress we all wanted, but it's better than going backward in some, some respect. Who knows what we would have seen? Would we have seen the Magic go on another tear to end the season? Maybe not enough to get to sixth, because Indiana was pretty far ahead, but certainly enough To certainly enough to, to get us moving in the right direction again, or certainly enough to make us believe that this is indeed a playoff team, and and it is. There's 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 no getting around it. This is a playoff team. <laughs> I know that's a moving target, but it is. This should be a day of celebration of the six month journey that is behind us. It started in October. The Atlanta Magic shared their highlight of the day was Markel Fultz's dunk from opening night. And, you know, last week feels like forever ago. That feels like forever ago. And we've seen how much he has grown and how much his team has changed and grown since then. Today should have been a celebration of all of that. It should have been a great celebration of 82 games of frustration, of success, of joy, of heartache. It should have been all of that. And it should have been the first step, or the next step, into preparing for what was supposed to come this weekend. The thing you play all year for, the NBA playoffs. A chance to be 0-0 once again. A chance to face down your rival Face down your rival and play at the highest level possible. 
The Magic got a taste of it last year. And, you know, despite winning game one, I think they definitely got a little overwhelmed by the stage. We've been saying all year, I've been saying all year, that playoff experience has helped this team throughout the course of this season. That as bad as the Magic played, it would have been much worse without the poise and composure, frankly, that the Magic had gained from last year's playoff run. And in fact, you know, I would argue that, you know, maybe that playoff experience, you know, having so many players back from that team, it, it cut down a little bit of the urgency. Last year they played with urgency, knowing the playoffs are possible, and they they played like every game was an elimination game. This year, even from the start, never really felt like that. Not until the all-star break when I think Clifford finally said, We could be the team we were last year or we could just skate into the playoffs. It's your choice. And certainly after the All-Star break, the Magic chose to be that team once again. We will see what the future holds. We will see when the Magic get back onto the floor again. I'm pretty certain it will happen. And we will see if the Magic can indeed pick up right where they left off. The season is not over as it should be today. But we will all have to wait and see. We don't get to spend this day celebrating a season completed and a postseason ahead. Like everything else in our lives, that is delayed once again. And boy, I cannot wait to get back to work and get back to watching this team play and all the possibility and opportunity that lay ahead. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day so, uh, you know, this obviously we've had a lot of downtime since the, since the hiatus in the league happened. And, and one of the things we've been doing has been going through, through Magic history and, 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 you know, trotting out some evergreen content for sure, uh, just to kind of pass the time until we get our basketball back. And, you know, over here, at, 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 over here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we've, you know, had this kind of program to talk about the greatest teams in, in franchise history um, um, across the entire Locked On Network. Um, you know, no matter what team you're looking to learn a little bit more about, uh, throughout the throughout the uh, week, last two weeks really, we've all been doing podcasts about our greatest teams. Now, I've talked about Dwight Howard a few weeks ago after I listened to the Book of Basketball podcast. Definitely a, a podcast worth your listen uh, over there. I think overall that whole podcast is fantastic. But I'm, I, I do like Bill Simmons. I think he's a fun listen. You know, just have to get past some of his uh, some of his biases. Um, but you know, I. I, I, so I talked a lot about Dwight Howard and where I think his career went off the rails a few weeks ago. Uh, we talked uh, last week with Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets 
about the 2009 Orlando Magic and how they would match up against the 2009 Denver Nuggets. Um, that's a fantastic and interesting conversation talking about two teams that were actually pretty close to winning a championship and then actually flamed out pretty quickly after getting so close to the title and, and losing to the Los Angeles Lakers in 2009. Um, so again, great listen there. Uh, earlier this week, I chatted with Keith Smith about the 2010 Orlando Magic. Um, a, a great conversation there as we talked about uh, what that team's ultimate legacy is uh, and where things went wrong for, for the Magic that season. Um, I do have plans to talk about the 1995 and 1996 Magic with a a guest as well, and hopefully that'll come up later this week, but it may not be until next week. And of course, Magic Classics are coming up soon too. Starting on Saturday, Fox Sports Water will air Classic Magic games from the uh, expansion year as well as Shaq's early years with Orlando, including the 1995 NBA playoffs. We will get to see uh, the Magic's uh, inaugural preseason win over the Detroit Pistons, their first win, and that'll that'll be Saturday's game at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock p.m. on Fox Sports Florida. Um, we'll get to see the Magic's first actual win over the New York Knicks uh, in the regular season. Uh, we'll see the Magic's uh, big wins in their expansion year over the Los Angeles Lakers and Chicago Bulls. Shout out to Otis Smith. Um, we'll see Shaq's debut game as well as all four Magic wins from the 1995 playoff series against the Chicago Bulls. Um, that should be a lot of fun to watch. I I have watched a few of those games. I've watched game one before. I've, wa- I've watched game one over. I've watched game six over. Um, but I am excited to see all four of those games kind of played in progress. Um, we're, I, I am planning to have a little bit of a longer chat about those games. So while Locked On is doing its best teams in magic, uh, best teams in franchise history week this week, we will be continuing extending that throughout the course of the next uh, several weeks. And, and I'll be watching all these games too. I may not be live tweeting them at Omagic Daily, but I will be watching them all too. Um, and I'm sure if any thought crops pops into my head, I will be sharing them on here as well as on orlandomagicdaily.com. But one thing that I did do to start passing the time, especially with the NCAA tournament kind of out of our lives, is I created a bracket and named it Magic Madness. I ranked or seeded 64 players in Orlando Magic history based pretty tightly to the era in which they played, the four distinct eras in Magic history, um, the Shaq era, the Dwight era, the T-Mac era, and the expansion and rebuild era. And I tried to seed them fairly evenly. Um, you know, if I couldn't come up with 16 in one region, I would pull some from other regions or I would make sure seeding felt pretty standard or pretty fair for the most part. Um, and so the whole idea was to just get, get get fans' opinions and see um, and see what... Uh, uh, and see what, what people thought. Uh, literally, I would just put the prompt up, who you got, Magic Madness. And, you know, it didn't say what we're voting on or the criteria for voting. I just wanted people to vote. And, of course, it's just to pass the time. Well, I'll draw some lessons from that Magic Madness tournament coming up here in the next few days, um, probably probably next week since I'm going to give a two-day two day voting period for the final. Um, we'll, we'll, talk a l- we'll talk a whole lot more about about Magic Madness, the lessons maybe we learned about Magic history, some of the stories that maybe we need to retell or narratives that maybe we need to change based, again, on maybe a small sample size of Magic fans, but uh, I still think an important resource, and and I think this is an interesting exercise to go through. Well, we are at the final. We have made it to the final of this tournament. Um, uh, Again, I'll go into some of the surprises if you haven't been following along, but we are at the final. And our voters on Orlando Magic Daily, at Omagic Daily on Twitter, have come down to the decision of a lifetime. A Hall of Fame matchup, if you will. Our final in Magic Madness is Shaquille O'Neal versus Tracy McGrady. 
as I've said repeatedly in analyzing this, there, there is a clear top four in Magic history. After all, I named three of the regions after three players. And unsurprisingly, all three of those players advanced to the final four. There's Shaq, there's T-Mac, there's Dwight, and there's Penny, who I seeded second in the Shaq region. Uh, just, to, just to mix things up a little bit. The fact that T-Mac is in there instead of Dwight, because I, I do think Dwight is... You know, Dwight. Dwight is, if not one a one, the first best player in Magic history. He's the second best, in my opinion. But Dwight is still extremely unpopular, and without much prompting or without uh, have, being able to, to provide much more than to say, uh, say than to say who you got. Magic's unpopular or Dwight's unpopularity definitely shown through. It, it's it, it, it I think definitely T Mac won because he's T Mac has become very very popular in his retirement, and Dwight is still extremely unpopular. And I mentioned that Dwight will have his jersey jersey uh, or have his not jersey retired because the Magic don't retire jerseys, but when I mentioned that Dwight will enter the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame one day, uh, people get pretty angry at me, um, and I'm just like, no, it's it's it, it it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, that's 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 terrible. Time will heal all wounds, and eventually. Uh, eventually Dwight Howard will take his place among the Magic Rates and will be welcomed back in Orlando with open arms. I fully expect that. But that's not the debate at hand. The debate at hand is Shaquille O'Neal versus Tracy McGrady. And I have a feeling I know how this vote's going to go. And and honestly, I will agree with it. But I would note that the numbers here suggest that the tail of the tape is much closer than you would imagine. In four seasons with the Orlando Magic, Shaquille O'Neal averaged 27.2 points per game, winning the scoring title in 1995 with 29.3 points per game. He averaged 12.5 rebounds per game, as well as 2.8 blocks per game, shooting 58.1% from the floor. It's a center. You expect that. He made the playoffs, obviously, uh, in three of those four years, uh, making it to the NBA Finals in 1995 and to the Eastern Conference Finals in 1996 before departing under circumstances we don't need to talk about right now. Tracy McGrady, in four seasons with the Orlando Magic, averaged 28.1 points per game, winning the scoring title twice in 2003 with 32.1 points per game and 2004 with 28 points per game. He had a 48.4 effective field goal percentage, really impressive for a player with his usage rate, as well as 5.2 assists per game and 7 rebounds per game. I think because McGrady was such a dominant scorer for the Orlando Magic especially, I don't think people understand how diverse his game was. McGrady made the playoffs in three of his four years in Orlando as well, but never made it out of the first round, coming closest in 2003 when the Magic took a 3-1 lead over the Detroit Pistons, over the top-seeded Detroit Pistons in the first round. Proving that, yes, if you do have the best player in the series, you have a very good chance of winning. Both O'Neal and McGrady are full of accolades. Both made plenty of all-star teams. Both were all on all-NBA teams for three years. Uh, Tracy, uh, Tracy McGrady was, you know, was the, the most dominant scorer in Magic history, but both Shaq and McGrady hold every scoring record in Magic history. And so the idea of saying Tracy McGrady was better than Dwight Howard, not crazy. And honestly, saying that Tracy McGrady was better than Shaquille O'Neal, at least early era Shaq when he was still kind of putting the piece together and learning how to win. A little crazy. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. You could, you, I think you know which way I'm going to vote. I think I know which way this vote's going to go, and, and I don't know if it's going to be particularly close. But 
Undoubtedly, both McGrady and O'Neal have the numbers to stake a claim to the best player in Magic history. If it is too difficult, or whatever, or the winner of this tournament, the winner of this matchup, I don't know if we could say best player in Magic history. If, if it is impossible to compare guards and post players, of bigs and smalls, if it is impossible to compare those players, then I think we can all agree without any doubt that Shaquille O'Neal is the best post player, best big guy in Magic history, and Tracy McGrady is the best wing player in Magic history. I think we can say that fairly definitively, actually. And these two guys have put together incredible resumes with Orlando, and frankly, you know, some, to some extent outside of Orlando, to back that all up. There's a reason why these guys are both on the Mount Rushmore in Magic history, and it's not particularly close for either of them. They are they are titans in Magic history, both extremely popular in their time, and maybe Grady probably more so, but still popular today. What this comes down to for me is legacy. And this is why Shaq, even if you're a big Dwight Howard fan like I am, and I'm still a Dwight Howard fan, I still appreciate the guy, this is where Shaq holds every advantage. At the end of the day, Shaquille O'Neal made the Orlando Magic. He was their first superstar, top overall pick that changed so much about this franchise and the direction this franchise would take. A guy who still defines so much of what this franchise is. When Dwight Howard came in, he was compared to Shaquille O'Neal. Every center in Magic history has to stand in Shaq's shadow in a lot of ways. Every player in Magic history seemingly stands in Shaq's shadow. Even the front office, it feels like sometimes, is still standing in Shaq's shadow. I would argue, and, and who knows if this is true, but I would argue that a lot of what led the Magic to make the decisions they made in the Dwight Mare, in, in, in trying to figure out what to do with Dwight Howard and his impending free agency, I would argue a lot of that was made because they were afraid of Shaquille O'Neal repeating itself. They were afraid of losing Dwight Howard for nothing and not getting anything back in return, but they also understood how difficult it was to replace a once-in-a-generation center like Shaquille O'Neal. And so the Magic waffled as much as Dwight did, to be frank. And I think Shaquille O'Neal was dancing in their minds. They knew how long it took to recover from Shaq. Frankly, they didn't really do it until Dwight Howard arrived in 2005. No offense to Tracy McGrady. Obviously, Shaq took Orlando to uh, its first finals, was the centerpiece of perhaps their best team in 1995. I would still argue it's 2010, but we can, we can leave that open for debate another day. And Tracy McGrady could not get out of the first round. That was not his fault. That was Grand Hill's injuries and the Magic not really having a solid infrastructure to develop and grow players in the, in the event of a major injury. And without cap room, the Magic were just kind of, they were always waiting for Grant Hill and, and never really made a plan outside of it. And McGrady suffered for it, to be frank. When ultimately, after four years and after a 21-61 and 61 season, when McGrady finally asked out, it was simply, simply because he knew he could not waste his prime on a, on a low-seed team. He was too good for that. And everyone kind of knew it and understood it. At least, maybe, at least now they do. They didn't really at the time. 
bottom line is Shaquille O'Neal is still very much a figure in this franchise. He is still very much so much of what this franchise is about. Why so many people became fans of the Orlando Magic. I've talked to our pals from Orlando Magic UK. I've talked to fans in, in Europe. I've talked to fans around the world. And a lot of them have told me that the Shaq and Penny Magic are what made them Magic fans, what made them aware of the Orlando Magic. Orlando has an international fan base, a much bigger international fan base than I think a lot of people realize because of Shaquille O'Neal. That's the truth. And that's why I think the answer is undoubtedly Shaquille O'Neal. And honestly, I would have said entering this that Dwight Howard is my pick. He is my he, I think he is the best player in Magic history, but as I've thought about it more, as I've kind of gone through this whole process, I might be ready to change that again. I might be ready to agree with a lot of people that Shaq is the best player in Magic history. And at least for Magic Madness, when I open the voting on Thursday morning, Shaq has my vote over a player who I am very fond of, Tracy McGrady. A player who was, you know, Sha- I was I was four when the Magic drafted Shaquille O'Neal. So I was, you know, six, seven, eight. When he, when he was playing. Tracy McGrady is the player that I watched when I understood basketball. When I really understood it. Shaq was fun because he made us win. Tracy McGrady will always probably be my favorite Magic player just because he was, he was my guy when I was growing up. When I was really growing up. When I was conscious of what basketball and I was learning and understanding basketball. But Shaq is always there. He's always going to be there. And if this is the argument I have to make to say that the Magic should retire Shaq's jersey today, which, frankly, after you retire Nick Anderson's jersey, if, you ever, if the Magic ever do retire jerseys, Shaq is next. And it's not a question in my mind. That's the argument. He is still a titan of Orlando Magic history. And he has my vote once again. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Be sure to vote in the finals of hashtag Magic Madness at omagicdaily. We'll be, uh, we'll be, uh, I'll be posting that on Thursday morning. I'll be pumping it up throughout the throughout the day and throughout the next couple days because we're going to make this a two day vote for the finals. So if you don't if you don't vote on Thursday, you'll have your opportunity on Friday. Be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast as well on the latest episode of Locked On NBA. John Corrales and Jake Madison discuss how another delay of basketball's return in China might impact the NBA. The CBA in China not coming back until July. They've had a couple of false starts in their return. What lessons can the NBA learn? from how the CBA is starting, trying to get itself restarted uh, overseas. But we'll be back again soon with another episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman. Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. 
You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.